nuclear proliferation, global pandemic, famine, environmental genocide, war. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point, where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Oh, buddy, there you go. 1988's Bad Medicine, Bon Jovi, from the uh, New Jersey album. And I think it's fitting on all kinds of levels, right? We got bad medicine in the sense that it doesn't really seem like, you know, being vaccinated is helping much with the good old Omicron. We got bad medicine at the White House. They can't seem to get anything right. Uh, We got bad medicine down in Georgia, where everybody who doesn't think like Joe Biden is accused of being Wallace. Uh, I'm really not sure what to do with any of that. Well, you know who was sure was one uh, Jonathan Vincent Bon Jovi, who uh, sang it up in 1988. One of the great uh, Bon Jovi songs, not top five, but one of the great. And uh, what a uh, what a recording artist he was. And may still be again. I I don't believe he's left us quite yet. Bon Jovi. He has not made the RIP report yet. He will one day, but not today. Not today. Today is not that day. Although the last time we said that, Betty White dropped dead. So we probably, probably want to <laughs> yeah, look stay out. away from that. Look out, John. Yeah, look look out. Uh, welcome to another episode of IP Frequently. David Pridham, Brad Sheaf here uh, on the Cable Radio Network. We are excited to be with you again this week. Our studio audience is here. Uh, we are filled to capacity. We can't take any more people. The fire marshal is out with the clicker. He's not letting anyone in, but there are people out in the street in the back alley. Uh, they better walk, watch out for some of these uh, European terrorists that are running around murdering people. But uh, uh, we don't think we're going to have any of those problems here today. IP Frequently, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, uh, the number one show. You can learn more about us on our website, IPFrequently.com. You can follow us also on the Instagram at IP underscore Frequently. And we are here each and every week, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, everything in between. What more do you need? We could stop right now. We've already given people enough. Mm -hmm. We could drop pens, stop right now, but we're not going to do it because we are committed or should be committed uh, one way or the other. I'm all set. You're all set. The people in the audience are all set. The people listening are all set. And uh, frankly, that's the only people we care about. And so if anybody else is not all set, that's on them. Yeah, the many tens of thousands of people that are listening to this every week um, who are hinging their life decisions on our every word. Thank you. We will continue for you. So just know that uh, you are making a big difference. If you want to buy some swag, we have some uh, IP frequently t-shirts that are available on the website. Uh, if you uh, Instaface us or somehow hook up with us via the Twitter Uh, We will uh, be giving away some of those great T-shirts very, very soon. We are also in the middle of putting together the referees for our big 80s Sweet 16 tournament, which is coming around the bend. I will say, Brad, I was a little disappointed. The play-in game this week was postponed because of COVID. Well, of course, like everything else was postponed because of COVID, but I'm, I'm excited about the selection of the referees, the men in stripes, the zebras, Without them, you can't play the game. So we'll get them locked on. Then we'll know everything will be fair and on the up and up, as they say. And uh, we'll be ready to start this bracket as soon as we can convince people to stop huddling in their homes, wearing six or seven masks, injecting themselves with with whatever they can find in order to avoid what amounts to the common cold. But, uh, buddy, we're patient. If nothing else, we're patient. 
we are patient, just like the good folks at uh, Guns N' Roses. Of course, Welcome to the Jungle has been in quarantine now for uh, two weeks and is subject to deportation by the good people in the uh, state of New York. It has not been vaccinated, but again, you know, we don't judge here. Well, at least we try not to. Sometimes I find myself lapsing into you know, one or another form of judgment, That, but then, buddy, you're there for me. You pull me back out, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, Brad, we'll dive into the two big news stories of the week, the two things that people need to know about before they even can get up in the morning, have their coffee, their morning constitutional, um, you know, take a shower or a bath. I'm a shower guy. I don't like to bathe. I don't believe in it. I shower. I don't sit in my own filth. Some people do, and that's fine. We're not judging. But before you sit in your own filth in the morning, Brad, these are the two things you need to know to operate your small business. Well, we should get them out there. If people are going to sit in their own filth, they should do it in an educated fashion. Exactly, exactly. So these are the two things you need to know about. There is nothing else more important to you as a small business owner than understanding these issues. So get out your pen, your Crayola uh, crayon set, whatever you write with, and write this stuff down first, Brad. Inflation, I think when you look at the Biden misery index, it's worse than at any time since they were building those little Hoover huts back in the uh, late 1920s. Uh, inflation has hit a 40-year high. Prices spiked 6.8%, the most in uh, since the beginning of the Reagan administration with all of that malaise from uh, one James Earl Carter. And uh, it looks like the end is uh, nowhere near in sight. You have a perfect storm of <clears throat> uh, production costs going up, shipping costs going up, a bottleneck at all of our ports, and demand going up because we continue to print money and uh, give money away. And it has created unprecedented inflation. Oh, buddy. I mean, you know, as Joe Biden once said, a chicken in every pot. And, you know, what the hell do you think is going to happen? And, and unfortunately, there's just no, you know, daylight coming from the White House. If you go to any 12-step program, and you and I have been in several, mm -hmm. if you go to any 12-step program, the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? Joe Biden needs to stand up and say, hi, my name is Joe Biden, and I'm a moron, right, at Morons Anonymous. And then he can get some help, right, which is what he needs, as well as everyone else who is even tangentially associated with the West Wing or, frankly, the East Wing of the White House. I mean, there's just the, the lunacy that comes out of Jen Psaki's mouth is, frankly, mind-blowing. And I got to tip my cap. I mean, she seems to be a reasonable, rational human being who is able to say the things she says with a straight face. Like, I couldn't do it. I could not say the things that that gal says and do it with a straight face. But she seems to be perfectly capable of doing it, almost like she believes it. You know the P is silent? It's Pisaki. Oh, that's what I thought. I thought it was Pisaki, but it's not. Yeah. It's Pisaki? Pisaki. Pisaki. Yeah, okay. It's like knife or Knigget. Exactly. Knudel. Yeah. Knudsen. Uh, anyway, costs for everything are up. They're through the roof, food, energy, vehicles, shelter, transportation, clothing, food, uh, all up. Uh, gasoline, gasoline is up 50% from uh, where it was a year ago. Um, used cars and used truck prices are up 40%. Believe that. I mean, that, that is insane. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, inflation-adjusted earnings uh, we're we're down about two and a half percent. So that seems to be, mm -hmm. you know, everything. You remember, remember Al Gore, your your hero. Al, everything's supposed to be up is down. Everything's supposed to be down. Ugh. Remember he yeah. said that. Yeah, he said that from his garage where he invented the internet. He got out of screwdrivers. I understand it. A planer, a carpenter's square, and a laser, mm -hmm. and he invented the internet in his garage. Yeah, with one big ball of string and some duct tape and some duct tape. And listen, listen, when he said everything's supposed to be up, is, is down, everything's supposed to be down, is, uh, this is what he was what he was intended to call attention to. I mean, wages are down, prices are through the roof. I mean, only a moron would build a house right now, a moron. And um, listen, listen, 
this is all uh, this is all on the uh, the president of the United States. And, and I will tell you, when you start looking at what's going to happen in the fall, it ain't going to be pretty. No, it's not. I mean, my presumption is you're referring to the election. And obviously, we need a change, right? I mean, I think you and I both agree, A, we need a change, and B, if it was possible to get literally all 537 people whose title is either congressman, senator, president, or vice president out, and replace them with truly random citizens of the United States, I mean, just somehow spin a giant wheel of fortune that has 330 million names on it and pick out 537 and randomly slot them into positions. You, you're the congressman from Missouri. You, you're the president. You, you're a senator from North Carolina, whatever the case may be, and stick them in there. We would be far, far better off. But unfortunately, we can't do that. And so what I think is going to happen is you're going to see the Republicans take probably very significant of control of both houses. And my prayer is that they will have the sense to realize that just because they have control of both houses doesn't mean that every American is happy about that, does not mean they have a mandate to do crazy right-wing lunatic stuff. And then instead they will say, hey, we've got an opportunity to get this country back on the rails start going back down the middle where we belong, start encouraging people into polite discourse so we can figure out what's in everyone's best interest and proceed along that path. And if somehow they are capable of doing that, they will literally stay in office forever, right? But my guess is they won't. My guess is that they will start crowing about how they have a mandate, much like the Democrats did in 2020, and they will screw it up and then by the time we get to 2024, all those clowns will get bounced out and, you know, we'll wind up just, you know, with the pendulum just ping ponging from one side to the other. Yep. No, I think that's right. But I mean, of course, the president he, and he seems very angry these days. And I guess he should be right. Uh, the uh, Omicron is out of control. Cases are up and inflation is out of control. We botched Afghanistan. We're the laughingstock of the international community, even worse than some of the Swedes, which is somewhat surprising. And what does he do? He pivots to Georgia, where he puts in his two cents, calling everyone who's opposed to nationalizing all of our elections a bigot or a racist. And in a very angry way, said, you're either with us, you're Abe Lincoln, or you're against us, or you're Jefferson Davis, right? Or, or, or you know, uh, Martin Luther King or George Wallace. I mean, just some of the worst race baiting uh, out there and all this because Georgia wants people to show their ID when they vote. And, 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 and at the same time, you've got the mayors of all these northeastern cities demanding that people carry their ID and their COVID card everywhere they go or they can't get into restaurants. I mean, <laughs> you just you just can't make it up. Well, buddy, it's 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 insane, right? I mean, not only is that insane, as you point out, that Yes, you should have to identify yourself before you do something as important as vote in a democracy. Yes, there's no one who I have not talked to a single person, even people that I've talked to who, you know, were upset about what they thought was going on in Georgia. When you say, well, listen, but I mean, do you think you should have to show an ID before you vote? Do you think you should have to prove that you are who you say you are before you're given a ballot? to vote. And the answer is always, well, yeah, I mean, of course, sure, sure you should. And I'm like, well, okay, go look. That's, that's the problem in Georgia, right? I mean, it's got nothing to do with race. It's as near as I can tell, I looked, there is not a single aspect of that law in which anything about you personally is checked first, right? Everybody has to have an idea. It's not the, these people or those people, everybody has to present an ID. So how that is unfair or inequitable, I don't know. And then you've got Biden saying you're either Lincoln, a Republican, or Wallace, a Democrat. And a Democrat, by the way, who Joe Biden once praised, once said we need more people focused on, on you know, getting stuff done, like George Wallace. Look yeah. it up. He said that. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, again, I, I, as I've said many times, 
on these fine airwaves, Joe Biden has lost it. Like he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's angry about. He doesn't know what he's saying. Like all presidents, someone else is writing his speeches, right? I mean, that's not a big deal that someone else writes speeches. As a president, you get a speechwriter. But whoever is writing his speeches is not paying attention, is way over the top, has no idea how to communicate, has no idea how to persuade, which was the goal of that speech. And Biden's just reading that stuff, which doesn't surprise me because that's what he likes to do. He is, after all, a plagiarist. So he's fine reading someone else's stuff and claiming that it's his own. And what kills you about plagiarism is that because you haven't actually done the research, you're not really sure what you're saying. And that just becomes more and more and more evident with every speech that guy gives. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. But he is getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And it's, um, you know, it's un, it, 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 it's really unfortunate uh, that uh, you go down this road. This is the person, again, that was trying to, you know, heal America. And uh, in fact, he is taking us further away from uh, where we need to get. But listen, that is what it is. One of the things you need to know about is everything's going to cost more and you're going to make less. Uh, next, Brad, the LoveGov. The LoveGov, ah, Elliot love Spitzer, right? Elliot Spitzer, the governor of New York who had to resign in disgrace. And this is one of the two things people need to know. Okay, this is what people need to know. Um, is now back in court. Of course, as you know, he is um, involved in some very complex litigation. Uh, he has been sued by a number of Russian escorts, including Svetlana Travis, um, and uh, listen, this is a, um, a serious matter. This is a man that is uh, trying to rehabilitate himself. There's a chance he could run again for uh, governor, uh, attorney general or uh, governor. And, um, you know, he's, he's got to clear the decks, obviously, before he makes said run. So what he is trying to do is uh, get the court to dismiss the uh, suit by uh, at least one of the Russian uh, escorts. Um, I, I think it's on statute of limitations grounds, again, taking a page out of the book of uh, the great um, uh, Prince Andrew of uh, the UK, Great Britain, England, Brad, England. Um, and, uh, you know, this, these allegations included, again, the same type of thing, trafficking in underage women, uh, violent sex, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess the question to a lot of people is, um, if he is able to get this suit tossed, will he run for governor or attorney general? Well, can can so can he do that? Can he run for governor again? I mean, obviously he could run for mayor of New York, I guess. I'm sure he could run for any other office. So, what are the rules on that? He, he he's not term limited or anything of that nature. No, he's the I love gov. He's the love gov. Well, I yeah, I understand that, but I you know find it unfortunate that perhaps he could be back. But I, one would hope. That I don't know, buddy. It sounds silly even to say. It sounds silly to myself. But I mean, we're a democracy, right? And so theoretically, we're we're supposed to vote somewhat intelligently. And I I would like to think that people would not re-vote for that guy who you know murdered thousands of seniors and can't keep his hands off any woman within reaching distance. But the good people of Washington D.C. did re-elect Marion Barry. As the mayor, after he got out of serving time for a conviction for cocaine. Yeah, the late great Marion Barry. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, that is what it is. We'll keep an eye on this. Again, this is important for the people of New York. The Empire State could see a reemergence of the LoveGov if he's able to get this uh, lawsuit filed by his Russian concubine. Uh, dismissed. We'll keep on that as I know it's important to everyone. Next, Brad, major airline disaster. The new 5G networks are being rolled out by AT&T and Verizon. And now all of the big airlines, they have all sent letters to a number of U.S. agencies and some members of the press uh, asking that uh, the uh, rollout of this new 5G service by AT&T and Verizon be stopped. Uh, because they're very, very concerned that the new 5G service is going to um, cause all sorts of problems with the doohickeys on the planes. These are the same people that told you if you made a cell phone call from the airplane, it was going to go hurtling into the earth 
like an asteroid that NASA missed, right? And so my suspicion is that this 5G thing is nonsense as well. I don't know what the ulterior motive is, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they strand tens of thousands of people nearly every day. So what difference does it make? We are uh, uh, ready to delve into the dark underbelly of COVID corner. Oh, boy. Uh, this week, the Supreme Court, uh, we're, we're sort of settling out what happened with the Supreme Court. They overturned uh, President Biden's vax mandate on private businesses. Um, the conservative majority seemed to hold uh, true to that. And we, we talked last week about the uh, troubling nature of some of the questions from the members of the Supreme Court. But uh, it seems like they got it right with this one. And small business owners are going to be able to determine um, how they want to manage their business without any meddling from one uh, Joseph Aloysius Biden. True enough. And I think that's probably for the best. I mean, again, I, we'll leave the wrangling over the science and what vaccines do and whether or not you need six or seven boosters to you know those who that is their profession. But if you're running a private business, then you should be able to handle things like that privately. And my recommendation would be you let your employees choose what they want to do, like we do with nearly every other vaccine, right? I, I realize there are public school mandates. I get that. But as adults, we sort of pick and choose. Well, you don't want to go every 10 years and get your tetanus shot? Don't. No one's going to ask you about it, right? Now, if you get tetanus or lockjaw, you will regret that. But if you don't want to get it, don't. Nobody cares, right? No one's going to ask you. Nobody cares. You want to get your flu shot? Get it. You don't? Don't. Nobody cares. No one's going to ask you. Nobody cares. So that's probably for the better. Although even if you are a small business, if you have federal contracts, you're still under that mandate. It's um, it, it, that, that's unfortunate. But uh, the good news is it seems like the Supreme Court at least got this right. So at some level, the Leviathan of the state is not going to proceed into everything we do, although it's it's uh, coming closer. And then last week we talked about some of these troubling um, uh, race based uh, scores that have been used to determine who has access to some of the therapeutics, including some of the monoclonal antibodies that are being distributed by the government. And so when you start taking a look at these, and we've had a couple now uh, be published. Uh, what they do is they have these demographic risk factors, which are used to determine your score. And age is the biggest component, right? Age, you can get um, you get like half a point for every decade, right? You, you build this risk factor. And if you have a high score, you, um, <laughs> you, you get access and the lower scores don't. Um, but they, they literally go through this um, matrix, right? And so they, the, the age is first and then non-white or Hispanic ethnicity, right? Uh, you get two points for that if you're non-white, right? If you're... If, so you literally get two points in your risk score if you're non-white. Now, if you have hypertension, you get one point. Coronary artery, artery disease, one point. Arrhythmia, one point. Congestive heart failure, right, one point. So if you're non-white, you get two points. If you have chronic liver disease, you get one, right? I mean, and, and this just goes all up and down the chart. So what, and, and they're doing it, what I'm referencing here is this Utah test. And then you take a look at, you know, matrix and you take a look at Minnesota, they're doing the same thing. I mean, we are literally using race as one of the primary criteria to determine who gets access to some of these therapeutics in, in favor of race in favor of, um, uh, or, or above some of these medical conditions that are much more important in determining who should get access. Again, I guess the only thing I could hear, I would, I can say is that I would like to hear someone defend that. I would like to hear some public health person take the stage and say, okay, right. Because these are the people who love to stand up there and just sort of smirk condescendingly at the crowd and say, science science, you morons, public health is all governed by science. Okay. Okay. Smart guy. Explain that. What is the science behind giving twice as much credit to 
a human being for being anything other than white, as opposed to the credit you would get if you had congestive heart failure or if your liver was the size of an acorn and the density of a diamond. Okay, well, what is the science behind that? And if you can explain it, then God bless you. If there is a reason for that, then okay. But if there isn't, then these people should just be tossed out on their ass. I mean, can you imagine if you got twice as much credit for being white as you did for having liver failure? People, I mean, they burned down cities for far less a year ago. I mean, what would happen? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's troubling. But again, that's 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 one of the things you get with COVID corner, right? You're troubled. Right. Well, you should be. It's COVID corner. Let's, let's move on to something a lot more important than the global pandemic that is COVID-19, Omicron. We come to find out, remember, we talked a while back about how the UK is very, very protective of its animal population. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. So now they've expanded out. Remember, we talked a while ago about the fact that uh, lobsters are treated inhumanely, right, when they're boiled? Drives me over the edge. I, I yeah. sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night in a sweat over the just the idea that there might be inhumane treatment of a lobster. Yeah, and now or any other had, crustacean, any other crustacean. Well, listen, Brad, that you you are on the same page with the UK government. They've taken some of the money that otherwise would have gone into research in that Wuhan lab, the game of function research that took place, and they've invested it in trying to determine which other animals um, are really feeling the pain when they're deep fried or boiled or grilled. And they came up with the octopus. So the UK is now moving to protect the octopuses. Octopi, I octopus, think. Octopus, well, octopuses is what I'm Octopusery, reading. Perhaps. Octopusery, perhaps. Octopusery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently they have uh, uh, 170 million brain cells and they have higher and this is from the uk government they have higher brain to body ratios than many other reptiles and, and fish um mm. which which allows octopuses to perform remarkable feats of learning and memory and so the british government is now moving to protect octopuses from cruelty um as it would say pigs or cows um and basically what they're doing is they're saying uh put down that calamari Brad Sheaf, um, no charred octopus for you today. Well, I, <laughs> you know what? This, this is an episode that is just putting me at a loss again and again, right? So I, I, I first of all, you and I both agree, you, you shouldn't be cruel to anything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But my definition of cruelty is the purposeful torture or knowing cause of pain to something right now my understanding is and again i I don't know this in all cases that typically people do not torture animals to death i realize there are folks out there who argue that any sort of killing is is you know in some way shape or form torture but from what i can gather i've been walking the planet for a while we make an effort that when we slay animals to do it as humanely as possible yeah right I, i don't recall any allegations because they would certainly hit the press if there was a you know meat packing plant that was literally torturing cows to death you know putting them on a rack or in an iron maiden and then you know making them a hamburger right so i I, fine but how do you prevent that with an octopus are there a lot of scuba divers you know sadistic scuba divers out there that are strapping on the old tanks and heading down there you know, to torture uh, the octopusery. I, I, I mean, I just, one, I'm not sure how you manage that. So I guess you must be talking about catching them. And then I, I, again, I just, buddy, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I realize octopuses, well, octopi. Octopi. I think it's uh, octo- octopuses. Octopede. They, 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 you know, they're smart. They do cool things. And for me, it's not a big deal because I don't like octopus. Now, calamari is squid. And I do enjoy a calamari, but apparently, you know, unfortunately for the squid, they're dumb. And so you can just kill them any old way you want. Yeah. Um, you know, this sounds a lot like the, the way we're doing 
monoclonal therapeutics, right? I mean, if you happen to be dumb, F you, you can get tortured to death. If you can, you know, do arithmetic problems and select the color blue out of a crayon box, then you shouldn't be tortured. I don't know what the standard yeah. is. But, well, but listen, it, maybe maybe if you had a little more of the research, can I give you a little more of the research that came out? That of this would program? be helpful. See, there we go. That's science. So octopuses, and I'm reading from the official report of one doctor, uh, Jonathan Birch, an associate professor at the London School of Economics Center for Philosophy of Natural and Social Science, and the principal investigator on the Foundation of Animal Science Project. That's a hell of a title. I'll grant him that. It's a lot. It's a big business card. Um, Octopuses get emotional about pain, Brad. They get emotional about pain. Um, They uh, behave the same as lab rats under similar conditions. Um, And so that's an issue. Cuttlefish, also subject to this uh, of this probe, have good memories, even in old age. So cuttlefish, good memories. Again, you don't want to um, you don't want to obviously do anything to disturb the memories. And then uh, crabs similar to lobsters feel pain. Um, uh, according to this report, the way they feel pain, and now they did, they do know in the report it's illegal to boil a lobster in Switzerland and in the UK, but the way they feel pain, crabs and lobsters, when they're boiled alive, is uh, a way that uh, shows that, there's, that they're self-aware. And, um, you know, they also should be protected. Now, again, I think what the uh, government is saying is that the uh, you have to be very careful how you fillet your octopus. Fry. I, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, government is saying. But but one thing I can say is that what maybe the UK is doing is taking its cues from other advanced, far more advanced countries like India, where recently. <clears throat> Recently, a three-eyed cow was born and dubbed a divine miracle and a reincarnation of the Hindu god Shiva. Um, Mm -hmm. However, a veterinary doctor in India said that it is not Shiva, but rather an abnormal embryo development. So again, Brad, it seems like we're taking two different extremes here, um, but they're converging on a policy that would be much less cruel to animals. And in some cases, like in the case of this three-eyed calf with an extra eye on its forehead and four nostrils. It seems like maybe worshiping that cow is probably not the way to go. Well, buddy, you're not going to be able to sneak up on that cow. It's got three eyes and four nostrils. It's going to see you and smell you from a mile away. And so if you're that cow, you're all set, right? I mean, you can play tricks on the other cows because you can smell them farther away than they can smell you. I mean, it's good times. If you're a three-eyed, four-nostrilled cow, life is all good, right? Uh, apparently not for the octopi. They don't want to be tortured to death. I'm fine. I'm behind that. Let's find a way to kill the octopi in a way that is you know, significantly less painful than, I guess, the way we're currently doing it. I'm glad that someone has enough time and money to investigate this. Mm-hmm. I mean, meanwhile, you know, you can look around the world. Russia's getting ready to invade the Ukraine. People in this country are burning cities to the ground. Um, we're convinced that wearing a mask is going to help stem the tide of COVID, while all the evidence suggests that it does not. But what it does do is prevent your child from learning anything. So we, we can't seem to investigate any of that. Um, but we got plenty of time to figure out whether or not you can hurt an octopus's feelings. Yeah. I'm glad we've got that resolved. I myself am now going to be much more conscious. Uh, Any time I spend around an octopus from this point forward, I'm going to be more conscious of that. I'll be a better person because of it. And so I certainly hope that people appreciate the way their tax dollars are being spent. And what was nice about the three-eyed cow, I would say, is that the local people, the cow was born a little while ago, a few days ago, and it attracted large crowds of people. And as you know, Brad, the custom in India is to offer incense sticks and coconuts um, as and part coconuts. of the coconuts, part of the offering. Nice. So this this uh, this this cow with the extra eye, mm-hmm. four nostrils, has mm-hmm. uh, accumulated quite a bit of wealth in India. And, and in fact, this is the third wealthiest uh, uh Entity, individual, I'm not sure what you would say, certainly self-aware 
cow in uh, this region of uh, India. So that's uh, interesting. And luckily for him, he is nowhere near the town where the mad monkeys are killing all of the pets. I'm glad you looked at that because I was going to ask that, you know, how close is the cow? But it doesn't matter because the dogs only have two eyes and two nostrils. And that is how the monkeys are able to sneak up on them. This cow is effectively omniscient at this point. Yeah. Three uh, Again, let's say it again. Three eyes, four nostrils. You're not sneaking up on this cow. It's loaded with incense sticks and coconuts. In fact, if you're a financial planner, my suggestion is you get on the phone and talk to this cow. It's got to do something with those coconuts, right? It would just be ridiculous to not be looking for some sort of annual return on that number of coconuts. I think we can all agree. So if you're a financial planner, get on the phone. Let's get those coconuts invested. I'm not sure you can invest an incense stick, but I don't know that. There's probably some creative way to do that. And, and look, you're looking for something that's going to show you a nice return, but defer your taxes, right? Because taxes on coconuts in India are out of sight. Take a look. And uh, even for a three-eyed cow, they're out of sight. And so, you know, I, I think, frankly, the monkeys are not going to be an issue for an omniscient, very wealthy cow. Well, listen, that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to you on the uh, three-eyed cow. Next, Brad, an update on the JFK situation. Uh, recently, the former President Trump has been uh, holding some rallies, and um, people continue to harp on the return of JFK Jr. Uh, one Ray Calasta is a diehard Trumper who wants to see the president, former president, run again in 2024. When asked if he wanted him to run again, he said, absolutely, most definitely. And then when asked who his running mate should be, who should run with former President Trump, he said, quote, JFK Jr. Um, I don't want to sound too much like a nut or a conspiracy theorist, he said, but he's coming back. He's supposed to reveal himself on the 17th. If he's truly alive, I think we'll see him and then he should run. Uh, so, Brad, uh, Trump uh, Kennedy ticket, do you think it's out of the realm of uh, the possible? And if so, do you think they can carry the electoral collage? Oh, but it's intriguing, right? I mean, I, to my knowledge, you're, you're better at this than I am. You're, you're an exceptional presidential historian. I've never known a dead guy to be on a major party's ticket. I realize that dead guys can vote in Chicago. That has always been a thing, but I don't recall them ever being on a major party's ticket. So I, for one, just for the entertainment value, would like to see it, right? I, I, I could get behind a dead guy running for vice president, um, but I, I want to go back to the part where this guy says, I want to see Trump run again. Frank Alasta. Uh, you know, sure. There are a lot of people who want to see that. Okay. I want his running mate to be JFK Jr., but I don't want to sound too much like a nut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hats off to Ray for putting together a complete non sequitur in the confines of one English sentence. Yeah. Uh, not a coincidence, or is it a coincidence, Brad, that while this is going on and while JFK Jr. is potentially coming up onto the ticket, um, and I don't even know if he's a Republican. I don't know if that's an issue. Does he have to register? Can dead people? I don't know. Um, in California, in California, your favorite governor, uh, Governor Newsom, has um, denied parole for Sirhan Sirhan, the supposed alleged alleged murderer of Robert F. Kennedy. Um, do you think that's a coincidence that this comes up now? Do you think maybe there's something afoot here? What, what do you what, what do you say? Well, now, listen, I mean, if RFK is going to come back, that's a whole different story, right? I mean, JFK Jr., nice guy, strong chin, all those good things. RFK, though, oh, Bobby is a pretty smart guy. So, you know, I think what Newsom is thinking to himself is he was a Democrat, Right. The Democratic Party could use someone with an above average IQ. There's not many of them running around, right? And so if you could get RFK to come back, now that would be worth going to Dealey Plaza for. But you know right where Sirhan Sirhan's going if you let him out, boof, Dealey Plaza, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you, you know, you, you don't want that. I could see Sirhan Sirhan running with Trump. Yeah, that'd be fine. The nice thing about that is you've aggregated all the crazy in one easy to carry package.
We talked earlier about the great uh, former LoveGov in, um, in the great state of New York. Well, your favorite uh, European leader <clears throat> and mine, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi, is um, angling to make a comeback. Of course, this is the Bunga Bunga guy who um, uh, I think he's about 142, if I'm not mistaken, but he used to have these bunga bunga parties in the um, president's palace or mansion or whatever you call it um, with a number of different uh, ladies. And um, you know, he, he obviously fell out of favor with the um, Italian populace several years ago due to, um, you know, corruption and graft. And uh, now it looks like he is um, he is making a comeback. He is a strong anti-COVID lockdown person. And he is now back up to, uh, I think, about 40% approval in Italy, which you know basically could make you king for life. Um, so again, he was convicted of like a fraud charge, a tax fraud charge. He had to go away for a while. Um, he did some witness tampering again. He's, he's listen, Come on, listen, who doesn't listen. do some witness tampering? He has he has paid uh, for his debts, and he is uh, now he is now dating a thirty year old who's a member of parliament, who I think also is a former pornography star. And uh, he is um, uh, look he is uh, look he is tan rested and ready. Uh, are you giving your uh, seal of approval to the bunga bunga guy, Silvio Berlusconi, coming back and uh, running the great uh, uh, Italian government? But I, I don't giving the IP frequently seal of approval is a big deal. So I, I don't know that we necessarily take that step. But, you know, raise your hand. Who among us has not dabbled in a little bunga bunga here and there? Right. So I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to. judge. I don't know about the seal of approval, but I'm not going to judge. It's up to the people of Italy. And listen, if he's got 40 percent approval rating, he is towering head and shoulders above our current commander-in-chief. So we here in the U.S. in our glass house cannot throw rocks at the Italians if they want to choose Mr. Bunga Bunga to be their 140-year-old prime minister with a 30-year-old former porno star girlfriend. I mean, he's obviously spry. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, and listen, he um, the, the Bunga Bunga parties... <laughs> Sound like a lot of fun. Apparently, he uh, had a number of girls there. He had them call him daddy, and they <laughs> sung well, a he's song. He's 140. What the hell else? A granddaddy, well, man. Listen, at this time, he was 75. This was about a decade ago. He had oh, everyone, okay. yeah. all the girls sing a song, Thank God for Silvio. And then they sang, We are ready to bunga bunga. And then he asked them, are you ready to bunga bunga? And apparently all the women yelled in unison, yes. And then they did this big weird dance. But listen, listen, he doesn't get the seal approval today. That doesn't mean he won't be uh, uh, blessed uh, with our with our endorsement somewhere down the line. Um, and and I, for one, am rooting for him more than uh, your buddy there, uh, um, Spitzer, because Spitzer is a true um, vile human being, Berlusconi. He's a gentleman and he's tanned, rested and ready, Brad. He looks like he is uh, angling for a comeback. I think he's like 80 something years old. And uh, we were for you and I were for Nixon coming back in the 80s. Yep. And we should be consistent here. I, I don't disagree. I don't know if the 30 year old porn star girlfriend is just arm candy or if he's actually getting it done there. If you know what I'm saying. But if he is again. If you're in your 80s and you think you could handle a 30-year-old former porn star girlfriend, raise your hand. I mean, there's not a lot of guys out there. So I, you know what? You look around the world at the current leaders we have. You got your boy Biden. You got your, your boy uh, Putin. You got that jackhole up in Canada whose name escapes me. I, this guy seems to this. There you go, Trudeau. Yeah. How are if you are a world leader at this point, how are you going to raise your hand and say this guy doesn't belong? So, you know what? More power to him. Absolutely. Next, Brad, we have the woke report where we uh, detail all things woke and report. And uh, this week we're giving an update on Leah Thomas. Of course, your favorite and mine, the uh, transgender female, the um, transgender swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania, shattering all records before she ran into a young man from Yale who beat her last week. Uh, back on track, won another meet this week, 
and is now, according to a report, calling herself the Jackie Robinson of women's uh, college swimming. Uh, Jackie Robinson, apparently she's also somewhat uh, um, uh, arrogant, saying that she's still number one in the country and no one is going to be able to beat her going forward. She has a chance to set again a number of uh, female uh, well, female records. Um, but what do you think? Do you think she uh, do you think what uh, Leah uh, uh, Thomas is going through is similar to what Jackie Robinson went through, Brad, in the uh, 40s and 50s? Can we make this simple, buddy? Sure. No. Nowhere close. Nothing like it. It's ridiculous to make the comparison. And I mean, the inconsistency, I, I, I don't know what to do here. So the, the records are women's records. We're happy saying that, right? I've never heard anyone say, no, 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 we have to change the name of that because that's offensive or whatever, right? They are women's records. And, and this dude is apparently crowing uh, in his dudeness about having broken women's records, but then taking offense at anyone who might say, well, you're not a woman, mm -hmm. right? So I, 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 I don't know what to do there. I said, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, I, I, the, losing track of time. If we're going to do this, and again, I have no commentary on it, right? I don't want to be involved in the conversation around the rightness, wrongness, how we should handle it. It's not my place to judge. If, if you want to live your life that way, if, if that is what does it for you, go ahead. Again, I you know spent a lot of time defending this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic, so that people can make their own choices and do their own things. But if we're going to do this, then let's have another category of sports, right? Let's have dudes, gals, and other, okay? And then the other can compete against each other in what I hope will be a much more fair and equitable, because otherwise it's not sport. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's entertainment. I don't know. But sports requires a level playing field okay I, I got i mean listen all, all i said was she broke the equivalent of the color barrier he but she, well for I mean, but listen there are records falling brad i don't think you appreciate that but we'll move on listen we'll move on to your former stopping grounds the state of illinois the mm. state of illinois mm -hmm. where the um the, the have you ever heard of a uh so th this is the this is a state school in Illinois. Have you heard of Moline? Moline? The, yeah, Moline's one of the quad cities up in the, the northwest corner of the great state of Illinois. Yes. Illinois I, has. Well, listen, listen, yes. your kids went to public school in Illinois. Correct. Your, girl, your girls did. did. Uh, Illinois has launched Moline, Illinois, has launched an after school Satan club. Uh, an extracurricular educational program sponsored by the Satanic Satanic Temple of the United States. It's a program for children's in grades one through five um, <laughs> at the Jane Adams Elementary School in Moline. The club Good. will consist of <laughs> science projects, puzzles, games, arts and crafts, and outdoor nature activities. It'll help children learn benevolence and empathy, critical thinking, problem solving, creative expression and personal sovereignty now brad this is not barden band don't get me wrong but uh do you think, okay let me ask you this do you think yeah. this is a good idea well buddy i okay so i again i've i've got cognitive dissonance like you read about at this point right because here's what i hear <laughs> i hear satan club okay mm -hmm. so yeah. you know immediately I think like most of us, let me look in the studio and raise your hand if you, if you if I say something that you feel differently about. So I'm going to watch our audience here. You hear Satan Club, you got you you're sort of tilting towards the negative there, right? Like as a parent, especially, you hear Satan Club, you hear grades one through five. Okay, you're Satan Club, you're 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 going a little you're going a little negative there, right? But then you read the litany of things that the Satan Club wants to teach, like benevolence and arts and crafts. And, and, you know, as long as those arts and crafts are not you sacrificing your neighbor third grader to Satan himself, 
you know, maybe they're okay. I, I, I don't know what a satanic art and craft looks like myself, right? But I, so I, I, maybe Satan has rebranded, right? Because the Satan of which I am aware is not a huge benevolence guy, mm-hmm. right? Like I realize like all of us, he lives on his reputation, maybe unfairly, I don't know. Uh, but if you sort of dig in to the persona of Satan, Satan is, for the record, a Hebrew word, Satan. It means the accuser, right? That's what that word means. It's not originally a proper noun. Most places you find it in the Hebrew Bible, it is not a proper noun. It's just used, as, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a legal term, right? So someone who is leveling an accusation at someone else in a court of law would be the Satan, Right. So it's, that, it's not a it's not a, you know, positive role. OK, generally mm-hmm. speaking. And then as you transition into, you know, sort of the New Testament origins of Satan, it gets worse for the guy. Right. Yeah. So it goes from being, you know, an improper noun to a proper noun. And it's all bad at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's responsible for tempting Jesus the the apple in the garden incident is laid at his feet in the new testament and so you know it's, it's just all bad right yeah, and yeah. you know and so i i guess my problem is what i'd like to hear from the managers of the satan club is their definition of satan because if you again listen to that litany of things the club is going to do I, he sounds like a nice guy yeah i listen i think um i, I I think it's probably a work in progress. Um, I, I, again, I think it may not be appropriate for public schools, but you know, we'll leave it at that, Brad. We have a lot, we have a lot more to cover. I just wanted you to know that in your old stopping grounds, there are these nice new programs that are uh, being uh, initiated by the public schools who well, don't want to do something after anyone. school. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. And there is a little flyer. We'll share it on the website. Uh, but anyway, Brad, uh, next we go to the Royal report again, very important week. The queen um, uh, stripped um, Prince Andrew, the Duke. Of, oh, God, I'm glad you added to that sentence. The Duke of York, um, all of his military and royal military affiliations and royal patronages. They've been uh, returned to the queen. The 61 year old prince is going to have to um, uh, defend his sex trafficking trial. Brad is a private citizen. He can no longer use the title His Royal Highness or Prince Andrew. I guess I could be fined for this, but, um, you know, he'll always be the Duke of York to me, not to be confused with the Duke of Earl, different guy. Um, But again, uh, Brad, pretty uh, troubling week uh, for one Prince Andrew. Andrew. Is it fair to say that the guy is troubled? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, but so again, <laughs> you want to feel bad for the queen, right? I mean, she's been around a long time. She's done some good things, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the two boys she raised, and, and maybe there's more, I, I, I'm, I would have to whip out my copy of the royal family tree. Charles and Andrew, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're going to be lucky to get a C minus on your report card for those two. And it sounds like you're kind of doing it to yourself there. Like at some point in time, I like to think that at least here in the former colonies, if as a parent, dad or mom, you walk into your middle-aged son's bedroom yeah. and there are 50 teddy bears arranged on the bed. 50 to 60, correct. Yeah. And, and there's a guide to how to put those teddy bears on the bed. Yeah. You realize I may have missed a parenting moment somewhere in the past that I need to go back, look at, and perhaps, you know, cover again with my son. Yeah. Right. So, you know, again, you want to feel bad. You want to say, hey, you know, we can't judge everybody by the performance of their children. That's true. It's fair. But, you know, when it all starts to come together like this, you sort of got to look at the queen and go, hey, Liz. Exactly what were you doing when you were on the quarterdeck of raising your sons? Yeah. I mean, look, she does have part of the family. Obviously, the Duchess of Cornhole is um, 
beyond reproach. She is terrific. The problem is that it's been an exceptionally bad week for the queen because it turns out, Brad, as you know, the queen loves her royal, her, her, her flock of royal swans, as you know, she loves them. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the queen, uh, you may have heard six of them, they're 150, right? Six of them died of the bird flu. And now the vets have culled another 26 of the queen's swans on the Thames River to stop the, the spread of the bird flu within her flock of swans or what gaggle, whatever you call it. Um, and, you know, as you know, the queen is very fond of the swans. Bird flu is running rampant. So not only has she lost Prince Andrew, Andrew, in the teddy bear, I don't know what happened to the teddy bears. Maybe they get taken back. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But now her swans are being culled. The bird flu is devastating the queen's swans. She's she's only got you know 118 or so left, and 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 I don't know how much more this poor woman can take. Yeah, I, first and foremost, it is a wedge of swans, much like you would make out of uh, like a head of iceberg lettuce and some blue cheese and some bacon. Mm-hmm. It's a wedge of swans. Delicious. and They are delicious. And so, uh, you know, I feel bad for the swans. I certainly hope they didn't go through any torturous process like is typically, you know, very cruelly meted out to the octopusery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they, you know, saw a, just a nice peaceful passing. I'm sure the veterinarians took care of that. I do feel bad for the swans. They're a fabulous bird. I, I mean, again, let this be a lesson to you. I'll bet you none of those swans were boosted. And, you know, this is what happens. And I feel bad for the queen. But again, I, you know, I mean, at some point in time, you have to sort of turn back to the queen and say, aren't you the queen? And yeah. if you are, you're responsible for raising your sons and you're responsible for getting your swans boosted. Simple as that. Yep. I, look, I think that is uh, abundantly clear. Um it's it's um, we're going to keep an eye on it, right? We're going to keep an eye on it. Brad all three Newell, eyes of that cow in India. All three eyes of the cow and the and the hooves and all that. We have one more quick segment to go. We don't have much time here, but we do have barter band. And some people have traveled um, from the upper peninsula to to come see this here today. So we have to get into barter band, of course, bronze Stevie award winning segment. We won't do all the pageantry because we don't have much time. But I will say, Brad, we have a very important barter ban this week. Uh, Sleepy Chicken, Brad. Sleepy Chicken. It's the new TikTok craze. Of course, we talked about the Tide Pod Challenge, which I believe you won when we last did it. Uh, But Sleepy Chicken is a new dangerous trend that doctors are calling out. Some doctors are saying that that should be banned or barred or both. Uh, Brad, what say you? Should Sleepy Chicken or and, and maybe I'll explain what it is, please. So obviously there is a new craze going around. And I I think I saw you on TikTok the other night doing this. This is where people are um, marinating their chicken in a full container of NyQuil. And then they cook it. And uh, it has no um, medicinal value whatsoever. It could make you very, very ill. (laughs) Really? Marinating your chicken in NyQuil has no medicinal value. That is shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and so there are people that Dr. Jeff Foster, for example, has come out and he said social media should, bananas, obviously, but as social media should never be used as a source of medical information. <laughs> that it, it tends to bring out the worst in some cases really? like with these sleepy yeah, chicken. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. So listen, listen. Um, OK. He said the case of Dyquil chicken is no different. The idea that by saturating your chicken in a medicine, believing it'll provide some novel health benefit or cure is not just stupid but incredibly but really serious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, I agree with call sign bananas foster that you probably shouldn't be getting your medical knowledge off of TikTok. I, I completely agree. I don't have TikTok myself, uh, but from what I know, my daughters do. And, and from what I, I can gather, you probably shouldn't be getting your, your medical guidance off of TikTok. I, I, buddy, this is one of those good, bad things where I'm really not sure where I fall. Like on the one hand, who the F marinates their chicken in NyQuil? On the other hand, I, I mean, the, the creativity of humanity literally knows no bounds for the same reason, right? If you are someone who is creative enough to marinate their chicken in NyQuil, you're creative enough to do something profitable, go do that, right? Yeah. Go do that. Also, I suspect 
although I'm not a pharmacist, I'm not a chemist, that if you marinate your chicken in NyQuil and then you cook it, mm-hmm. which for the love of God, I hope everyone is doing <laughs> because raw chicken will kill you. Yeah. I suspect that the active ingredients in NyQuil <laughs> will cease to be active and all you will have is like really crappy tasting chicken. Uh, but I, you know, again, well, I listen, listen, that's, but you may have spoke too soon there. Dr. Aaron Hartman, a physician um, at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University has said, no, in fact, when you, when you cook cough medicine, like NyQuil, you boil off the water and alcohol in it, leaving the chicken saturated with a super duper concentrated amount of drugs in the meat. <laughs> So it doesn't. So, so it doesn't cook off the actual active ingredient. They, I, I they think, just become even more powerful. It's like the. <laughs> it's like the. It's like the Hulk with the dose of radiation. Like I your chicken a, turns green. Don't make it angry. Uh, it's <laughs> ultimate Nyquil. Listen, I give up. Bard, I say bard. Yeah, I, I'm just going to bard because I don't. Yeah, I mean, I just can't carry this conversation on another minute. Bard. Bard. There it is. Well, Brad, we've explored a lot here today. I think there are going to be people writing songs about this episode. They'll probably bring us sticks and coconuts, some incense, who knows, Uh, but uh, very excited to be here. We're going to go mingle with the audience now, maybe have a Rob Roy or an old fashioned and uh, we'll let everyone get on with their day. But uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you here next week for another episode of IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.